4: in hour number two of the early on Friday morning. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside. And we're going to get you a lot of different breakdowns throughout this hour. I want to start with the Travelers Championship. We have so much good stuff coming up in hour number two. The Travelers Championship yesterday saw some big names have some big days, including Rory McIlroy, who finished T1, first-round leaderboard there, uh, with a really, really nice opening round. And I want to bring this up not just to give you an idea of where these odds sit right now, as a couple of teams uh, or players have already started to tee off. Plus 220 Rory McIlroy. Xander Schauffele 470. The only other guy under 15-1 to 1 is Pat Cantlay at plus 550. However, a little odds boost here, DRS, around those first two names, Rory McIlroy and Xander Schauffele. Both to win their round two three balls boosted from plus 200 to plus 300 there. Some big names who are playing some good golf being offered up on the FanDuel Sportsbook.
5: All right, and take a look at yesterday's totals here between those two, a 62 and a 63 fired away. So if you're going to get some red-hot golfers in there to win their three ball, those are two guys that will be on the top of the draft list. But also, if you remember, ties do lose. I think last week I bet the same type of thing, and I believe it was a 4-1 to one price, and I think everybody tied in every group here. So it is tough with the ties, but if you want to talk about two golfers at a great price just to win their groupings plus 300, might be a nice Friday afternoon bet here at the FanDuel Sportsbook, Kevin.
4: Yeah, and to give you the perspective, Rory McElroy is minus 130 to win that three ball, going up against Kevin Kisner and Webb Simpson. Xander Schauffele is minus 135 to win his three ball there. So certainly guys that are favored to get the job done, a nice little plus 300 on two guys that are right now at the top of the outright live updated odds for you to win the Travelers. We make the move over now. To the Stanley Cup final. Game number five, the chance to close it out here the Avs and the Lightning. Let's start with a series price because you told me, Donnie, historically, and I mean, it kind yeah. of obviously, I guess, as well, things don't shine very well on Tampa Bay. Colorado, a minus 1250 favorite. And again, you were telling me historically, deservedly so.
5: Yes. And if we take a look here, heading to minus 1250, you say to yourself, Kevin, well, maybe that's a really steep price. But if we're looking historically in the Stanley Cup finals, when you have a three to one lead, Kevin, how many teams have come back from that? Exactly. One. Now, if you say to yourself, the team that's come back from exactly one of those, which team do you think would make it number two? It's probably the Tampa Bay Lightning, the yeah, team notorious for winning Stanley Cup finals here. So I wouldn't count them out just yet. And also keep in mind, it's not as if Kevin weber have a three-to-one lead, right? Let's just say the Avalanche won seven-nothing, seven-nothing, seven-nothing. And the only game the Avalanche lost were a three-two game. I say boy. They're just a the better team here each and every night on the ice. Things could be so much different right now, Kevin. This could be going back evened up in Colorado 2-2 if just Tampa Bay held the lead. Or maybe they scored in overtime as opposed to the Colorado Avalanche. Do I want to take the Tampa Bay Lightning at a 9-1 to price to win the series? Probably not. Just based on the statistics that not very many teams, if at all, can actually do that. But the one team that probably can, as I said, would be the Lightning. And really, all you need, Kevin, is to get a win here coming up in this yeah. next game, and then you could probably put some profit in your pocket because that minus twelve fifty and that plus nine hundred certainly won't be there.
4: Yeah, it's man, it's a good point. It's such um, it, one of the, the the interesting things coming in though, Donnie, and, and I wonder how this does factor. And maybe it doesn't really too much, but is the nature in which Tampa did lose Game Four. As the radio audience gets in the mix here on a Friday morning, Kevin Walsh and Donnie side with you on the early line, SportsCode Radio, SiriusXM, on a 159. It's not just losing an overtime chance to tie the game or tie the series, rather, right, 3-2. It's the fact that in their heart of hearts, and I'm not saying they're wrong, but in their heart of hearts, they believe that that Colorado goal should have not counted They because they were six men on the ice. That stings, right? Remember the, you know the Tampa Bay press conference, right? Basically, you know, coach walks up, Look, I can't really talk. I'll get you guys tomorrow. I kind of can't handle this right now. Because when you feel like you have a championship robbed from you, it's heartbreaking. It's devastating. And that's clearly what Tampa is going through. Now, you make all the right points, right? If anybody could battle back and and push through such levels of of devastation, it would be Tampa Bay. And I wonder if that does loom a little bit on the mind going in to game number five, do you factor
5: that in at all for today's game or tonight's game? I, I and again, usually you would, right? Like, oh man, Tampa Bay's never been in the spot before, that's got to be devastating. They can't pick themselves up off the carpet, but they have won championships and they're looking for their third straight. So, if there's one team that can regroup in the room, as we like to say, and say, hey guys, it ain't over yet, man, we can get out there, win this one game, send it back to Tampa, win that game, and then game seven. All bets are off. Let's see what happens here. Now, granted, you're also looking at the Colorado Avalanche. If you say they don't have the championship pedigree, technically at least lately, that the Tampa Bay Lightning do. Of course they don't. But this is one of those teams where it can get go downhill in a hurry. They are so talented and can put the pressure on you so quickly. Because again, last time we saw these two in Colorado, how did that actually fare? That still also has to be in the back of the minds for the Lightning. We're all human beings, even though the Lightning can get up off the mat. It's tough to say to yourself, boy, I think we let an opportunity slip away, and they. Maybe it was out of our hands where there should have been a penalty called for too many men on the ice. It wasn't. We got to regroup and recover. It's a little bit easier if you're doing that at home, Kevin. They're doing it on the road. That avalanche crowd is going to be revved up and ready. And as I said, the Stanley Cup is in the building for some added pressure. Mm -hmm. And also what I expect to be in the
4: building is goals. You you want to talk about what feels reliable going to game five. Is trusting what worked the first two games in Colorado. And that was the over. I'm a little surprised at plus one hundred juice. It's as if they've been waiting for unders, unders, unders. I know what happened last game. I'm not sure that's going to be the predominant trend over six tonight. Colorado-Tampa baseball preview.
3: SportsGrid.com: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, 24 seven, as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
4: Back right here on Sports Grid. I told you that Major League Baseball preview is coming up, and it is. But before, I want to make a stop in the NFL. Like, hey, that's a Friday, you football Friday. Why not? Especially when there's some uh, extra news to be had around Baker Mayfield. The report goes from Justina Anderson of CBS that Seattle Seahawks remain very interested in Baker Mayfield. I feel as if this kind of goes to. Against what we were hearing. Uh, It seemed like it was Baker and Carolina as as an inevitability. Not just because Carolina's interest there. But because Seattle didn't seem to have it. Genuinely willing to start Drew Lock Or even Geno Smith week one of this season. Baker Mayfield maybe being suited by Seattle. I want to compare the two options. But before we compare them. Are you buying... The Seattle interest
5: here being legit on Baker Mayfield, it it would make sense. It makes more sense than Carolina. It just does. It makes more sense from a perspective for the Seattle Seahawks where they need a quarterback, and it also makes sense for the perspective of Baker Mayfield. If you want to go to a good football team, it's not really either one of them. But if I want a better chance of offense where I can really get off, it would be Seattle for me, K Dub. It would be interesting. I now
4: I can't be silly enough to dismiss. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That that would, of course, you know, be a fool's errand, right?
5: Mm-hmm. The
4: DK contract's not shored up. I've got Christian McCaffrey. I think DJ Moore's a, a a heck of a talent there. I also this might be a big, a big mistake. Do you have more certainty in Carolina than Seattle, though? Like Carolina, I feel like they want to compete because it has to save everybody's job. I don't think Pete Carroll's aware he needs to win football games to save his job. I know that might sound a little bit, a little bit silly there and we can expand on the comparison point, but I have to be, I am a little surprised by this report that Seattle is in on Baker. Maybe I, I I bought a little bit too much into the idea that they were set up and, and, and settled on drew Locke, but didn't it seem like that was the direction we were going because if they are in on Baker, I have to again circle back to what are the Seahawks trying to be? Again, the Seattle Seahawks win total for this upcoming season is five and a half, and you look at a lot of their moves, and it, and it and it says that that they all oh, they're tanking, they're tanking, but again they make sure that they retain. DK Metcalf, maybe how Tyler Lockett hasn't been traded is beyond me. And a lot of the return in the Russell Wilson deal wasn't all draft picks, but Noah Fant and and Drew Lock. I know the Seattle team total is the same as Carolina's, but I just, Carolina we think is going to be bad even if they don't want to be. I don't know,
5: I still, Donnie, don't know what Seattle wants to be. No, and I don't think we do either because the fact of the matter is they were telling us, hey, yo, man, our quarterback room looks good. Drew Locke, you know, Geno Smith, well, you guys, and the outside question that's for, we're comfortable with this. Only to say, well, maybe we need Baker Mayfield at the last minute. Now, also, from a Baker Mayfield standpoint, right, and we always say we don't know what Seattle wants to be, but I think it's a foregone conclusion. They want to draft as many running backs as they possibly can because they're a running football team with a horrendous offensive line. So if I'm Baker Mayfield, right, and I say on the outside, like Donnie Wright said, says, you know what? You know why I'd rather be in Seattle because I have Metcalf and Lockett. I don't care if we win four games. If I put up, you know, 4,000 yards passing, 28 touchdowns, and 12 picks, I'm going to sign myself up for a pretty good futures deal with somebody around the league if it's not Seattle. But at the same time, I say, no, am I going to go out here, Pete? Am I going to sign? You are going to tell me everything's going to be great, and then game one, I am handing the ball sixty times to all these running backs. Is that we have? Because we used to always laugh at the San going, You have a Ferrari at quarterback that whenever he drops back to pass, good things happen. And you're like, you know what? Let's establish the run here on this drive here. It's third and one. Let's run it right up the middle. It's third and four. Ooh, let's see if we can run this off tackle. No, you got to start throwing the football. If I'm just looking from a talent perspective, I'm a little bit worried if I'm Baker Mayfield from a schematics point, but also keep in mind, if you don't have a great offensive line, That ain't the division to be in unless you're a super mobile quarterback like Russell Wilson. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like all the jokes in the past. I used to say this live on air. You know what? If Seattle didn't have an offensive line, Russell Wilson would be fine because that's when he's at his best. But if you're talking about mobile quarterbacks and non-mobile quarterbacks, that division and that offensive line, well, you're going to be looking up at the stars quite a few times here as a quarterback in Seattle. I mean, that's
4: again – you, we, they can have DK and Lockett. He didn't let Russ cook, right, as as the story no. goes. Like, I, th- that's, again, maybe part of the reason it's a surprise here. Does Pete Carroll want a guy that he might be like, oh, do I have to let Baker throw it? Like, finally for the got, first finally time. got to throw. That's what I'm saying. Like, if he had – no, no, no. But, like, for now, Donnie, if he yeah. has Drew Locke and Geno Smith, it'll be – fr- like, he won't get any more slander for constantly handing the football off. Yes. They're like, yeah, well, what do you want him to do? Look at his quarterbacks. And Pete Carroll will be having the time of his life. Where again, Carolina has to try to do something, anything, anything possible to try and keep the people in power. You know, when you talk about Matt Rule's job, that's right. That's the expectation. So he has every single reason to do whatever he can to get the most out of a Baker Mayfield there. And you talk about potential team success. So it's kind of funny how it lines up. Both Carolina and Seattle are 13 (laughs) to 1 when you talk about winning their division. Seattle is plus 430 to make the postseason. Carolina is plus 620. I I disagree that the Seattle numbers should be where they are compared to Carolina's, if only because there isn't a scenario you can give me where Seattle wins their division. How are they not last in that division? The Rams, the Niners, and the Cardinals all should be markedly better than whatever the Seattle Seahawks are able to present to the table where for Carolina they're expected to be better than Atlanta and if something goes wrong for the Saints they might be able to slip into second inside their own division there so I think in terms of a chance to win I think the Carolina Panthers DRS provide Baker Mayfield a better opportunity
5: they probably do and maybe a softer landing spot if we could say that because you're right I and mean, when you're looking at the NFC West that's going to be a tough division all the way through there's no easy games I guess you could say if you're Baker Mayfield well in either spot we're probably going to be down in the fourth quarter which means I can pad my statistics for my free agency that would be pending in the offseason but if I'm just looking at like the wet like I would love to just drop back because Baker Mayfield as we know swashbuckler back there he, he's going to throw it up in the double coverage triple coverage make dumb plays but you know what wide receivers like they like when a quarterback does that like man, I, I'm not even open when he's throwing me the football. I don't even have to come back to the huddle and complain like, hey, I would one-on-one coverage. You didn't throw it to me. You know Baker Mayfield's lobbing it up to DK Metcalf. So just from a perspective of which wide receiver core would I rather have, it would be that side. But maybe it is the Carolina Panthers. Maybe you have a better chance to, you know, extend your career. And maybe Matt Rule has a more defined offense ready for you than Pete Carroll saying, hey, I'm going to protect you next year, which means you're going to throw the football 18 times a game. That's not what a quarterback's looking for, and particularly a free-agent quarterback that's not going to a good situation. It's not as if they said, okay, Baker Mayfield, Matthew Stafford got hurt. I just need you to come in and play for the Rams with Sean McVay, handle your business. No matter what happens, I'm going to get you a big free-agent contract if you throw 18 times a game or 38 times a game. It's two tough landing spots here for Mayfield overall. I'm just trying to look at that extenuating circumstances, which would make the most sense if the offense does open Mm -hmm. up. It's Seattle for me. Not great opportunities, but that's where I would go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear you. Hey,
4: reasonable minds can disagree. Hey, now let's get down to the... I mean, now who wants Baker Mayfield seventy-five to one to win the NFL MVP award? Uh, yes. I mean, who's interested? The narrative lines up, right? I mean, any any scenario. Can I just tell you this? He is one of ten players at seventy-five to one. Listen to the listen to this crop of talent here: Ryan Tannehill, Justin Fields, Carson Wentz, mm. Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston. Cooper Cup, Trevor Lawrence, Mitch Trubisky, Marcus Mariota. Mm. That's Cooper Cup slander. I don't care what position he plays. I do not care what position Cooper Cup plays. He cannot be in the mix with Mitch Trubisky and Daniel Jones and Baker Mayfield, who doesn't have a home right now. That's madness. Major League
3: Mm. Baseball preview
4: is next here on The Early
0: the slice of skates cutting across the ice but what about this one (laughs) that's the sound of all the sports you love all at once starting at 40 dollars a month experience it all live with sling sling a lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time
4: early line is live right here on sports for A day after the NBA draft. Uh, means we now got to get back to Major League Baseball. Can I just stop quickly and talk about yesterday's slate? Because uh, we didn't have a chance to do a ton of recap. Again, there's so much kind of moving and shaking right now in the world of Major League Baseball. Uh, was there anything specifically that, that caught your attention? I, I thought there was obviously one huge game. It felt like a game much bigger than... Game number 70 of the regular season typically would warrant which would by because of the result certainly Yankees Astros
5: uh, did that or anything else yesterday catch your attention from the baseball board? Yeah, the Yanks Astros probably a big one, but also the Phillies stopping a little bit of the bleeding. I didn't think they were going to be able to beat Joe Musgrove out there, and quite frankly, when I started to dip off and go to bed, the Phillies didn't have any runs on the board, but some late heroics there in the fifth and sixth inning for the Phillies gave them a 6-2 win, which now means Aaron Nola will be on the mound today, so maybe they can get back to a win streak, but again, Yankees and the Astros was a really good one yesterday. The Dodgers powering through 10-5 over the or excuse me over the Reds, and also another close one here but the Braves continue to win these games over the Giants here, seven to six. And I got to tell you, if you are the Mets, you look in that rearview mirror, and the Braves are charging because it was one of those. Kevin, we saying they're saying, okay, they're beating bad baseball teams, but now they're beating good baseball teams, and that margin for error that the Mets had two and a half weeks ago is almost completely gone at this point.
4: It, it is incredible, and it's not as if the Mets. Oh, the Mets are playing bad ball. The Braves just exactly. win every game they play. It, it is too much. But just to again. That Yankees-Astros game. Houston is a team, as I said, I said this yesterday on radio. They do at times feel like still the measuring stick alongside the Dodgers in this sport. And they come in. How about Jameson Tyone plunks Altuve, first batter of the game, immediately you could throw him in Monument Park if you ask me for that. But they make him pay. It's a three-run homer for Bregman in the first. Well, Stanton pulls it back, right? A three-run homer. The Yankees didn't get another hit until the ninth inning after the first inning. Trailed 6-3. to Aaron Hicks ties it up. Aaron Judge walks it off. 52 wins on the season. None felt better than that for the New York Yankees. And, And to take it in your building with your MVP, it all just was excellent. And they're back at it again today. That's where we begin our breakdown for today's baseball board. Luis Severino against Justin Verlander. And Verlander is a dog. Yes, it's in Yankee Stadium, of course, and you're going up against a great baseball team. I know people will be interested at a plus price on an AL Cy Young candidate like Justin Verlander. You are matching these two teams up today, DRS. What are you seeing?
5: Yeah, I think you even asked a question yesterday. What happens when Justin Verlander takes the mound here in New York City, regardless of any pitcher outside of Lake Garrett Cole? And the question for me was, the answer for me was, he's probably going to be close to a dog, and he is a dog, plus 114 today at the FanDuel Sportsbook. And it's not so much where you're saying, well, Verlander can't win in the Bronx. It's just that the Yankees seemingly can't lose anywhere. Bronx are around Major League Baseball. So as we set this up today and say, well, what makes sense here between these two pitchers? They're both very good. If we take a look here at Luis Severino, How about an X-Fit minus of an 80 on the season? An ERA of a 3.27 and a Sierra of 3.11. Absolutely handling his business. But then right behind it, Justin Verlander, top five pitcher on the card today. An X-Fit minus of an 85, a 230 ERA, and an ERA, excuse me, a Sierra number of a 3.34. So everything is lining up. Now, here's the issues that sometimes you have. We know Justin Verlander, strikeout guy, doesn't walk all the many batters. Handling his business, as I always like to say, between lefties and righties. But it's still that Yankees lineup. In the middle of the lineup, Judge Rizzo Stanton doing a lot of damage against right-handed pitching this year. But if we take a look at Severino, basically on the card today, his exit minus number, Kevin, is better than Justin Verlander's heading into today. Severino's been sensational. The one thing that trips him up a little bit here is left-handed batters, their ISO power numbers, Kevin, are at a 235 against him, which is slightly elevated. But you don't have a ton of lefties that are coming into play tonight. Brantley, Alvarez, and Tucker, everybody else from the right-hand side. But the one thing I do love about that Houston Astrosis Astros lineup, which I know, Kevin, you say, well, maybe they're still cheating. Extremely low strikeouts, as (laughs) if they know when that breaking ball is coming down the path where they can look out for it. But Severino striking out close to 30% of the batters he's faced against a team, Kevin, that doesn't strike out that much. If we're looking at the price point, you're right. Justin Verlinger plus 114 makes some sense. But I still look at Houston Astros game, regardless of the outcome yesterday and the home Mm. runs that were hit, as an under type of team. And that under eight is really sticking out to me.
4: I am tempted on a Verlander under uh, with again how some of the strikeouts as some of the numbers line up, but you get you have to factor everything in right again. It's a very projection based situation there, but he is a big game pitcher. He will be invested in the rivalry there. We know he has swing and miss stuff yesterday as well. You know Valdez who had the ball seven strikeouts and and that was an impressive performance. So. Uh, It's an early look, considering, considering, uh, but not definitive just yet. How about we make the move over? This is a nice little series here. Boston-Cleveland. The Guardians host the Red Sox. Again, probably right now, if you polled 100 baseball fans and asked them who is in first place in the AL Central, a lot of them would not know that it is the Cleveland Guardians, a slight home dog going up against Pavetta, and the Boston Red Sox here. How do you match these two teams up today?
5: Yeah, maybe some runs here. Cal Quantrill, not a great pitcher. If we have today, actually 30 pitchers that qualify, Kevin, with more than 20 innings or more in 2022. And if we line that up out of those 30, Kevin... Quantrill's 28th overall today. An XFIP minus number of 121. His ERA isn't that bad. A 3.77. You would take that here in the American League. But the problem is, if you get those elevated XFIP numbers, 4.82 and a Sierra of close to five, those are in that disastrous territory. Because why? Boston's got a decent lineup here that they can throw against Quantrill, who's a righty. If you take a look at the first four batters in the lineup, weighted on base percentages this year against right-handed pitching, two of them will be lefties. and That's Duran and Devers. How about this? 4.30 weighted on base percentage. 420, 368, and 365, so a solid lineup coming out Quantrill today. If we flip it over to the opposite side, you got Pavetta on the mound. Decent this season. One of those guys like to say from Philadelphia Phillies fame. He actually has some pretty good weighted on base percentages here, Kevin, with lefties and righties. Lefties at 268 and righties only at 281. The middle of the lineup is where you're looking to do damage today against Pavetta. And that's Ramirez, the switch hitter, a 449 weighted on base percentage versus righties. Naylor, 404 against righties. And then also Gonzalez, 363. But I think Boston is the better team. Do you want to lay a price with Pavetta on the road? Probably not feeling all that comfortable, but I do trust Boston a little bit more than I do since the Guardians let me down yesterday with all of zero Mm. runs, including a basis loaded, (laughs) no outs in the seventh inning, and no runs. So maybe it's me hating a little bit on the Guardians and taking the Red Sox here.
4: Yeah, but then again, I mean, if that's what they offered up, rightfully so. I I mean, that's ugly. That's very, very ugly. Bases loaded, nobody out and you lose that game one nothing with a solo. Sh- By the way, how many games this year will have double digit totals and land at the minimum one nothing? <laughs> not a lot of them, folks. Not not a lot of them. Uh, let me just add Good this weather. quickly on Boston because they they deserve it. 11 and 20. They were 11 and 20. 39 and 31 now. I mean that's that's crazy. 28 and 11 this team is over their last 39 an unbelievable pace they've got another four game win streak that they've built up here and yeah you can ah, ask the tigers you gotta beat the tigers and they did all three times that they played them it's really impressive the way boston turned around what looked like an a lost season they're a they're a half game back of the blue Jays, who people think might be the third best team in the american league we certainly have enough time for this last game here uh, at the minimum to get to from the baseball board it's Freddie Freeman's return to Atlanta. It's a, it's a big, big storyline game the first go around here. I'm very interested how not only you match these teams up today with the Dodgers, a road favorite, about minus 130, total there, nine and a half, but I'm also curious how specifically Freeman matches up. You know a lot of people will be betting his props today.
5: Yes, it's a a great series. I mean, two teams that are very good, obviously, Major League Baseball. You have the added incentive there of Freddie Freeman coming back to Atlanta. So, emotion's going to be at an all-time high. And I do believe it's the ESPN Sunday night game as well. So, obviously, a lot of this attention is going to Atlanta. But I look at that total, Kevin, and I see nine and a half between Urias and Anderson. And I got to tell you, I think I agree with the over here because typically you're saying, all right, two very good bullpens here, Ooh. keep it down, rivalry type game. But if I'm looking at the offenses, I'm going to start with the Atlanta offense here, Kevin, against the lefty Urias, a 4.81 x XFIP number for him, which is a little bit high, but it does have good numbers, lefty and righty splits with weighted on base percentages. But sometimes, Kevin, you just got to go out and say, you know what? I trust the offense of the Atlanta Braves because if we're looking tonight, I'm just going to give you some ISO power numbers here versus lefties on the season for the Atlanta Braves. Acuna, 306. Swanson, 238, Riley, 338, Contreras, 382, Duvall, 345, and Harris, 200. Keep in mind, anything 175 or above is very good. They have a lot of guys absolutely lighting it up. And then you flip it over to the Dodgers who, on the season, maybe a little bit less productive than we thought. Mookie Betts still sitting out there on the DL, but you saw a team yesterday that's, oh, that's a good old Dodgers, including Freddie Freeman, raking at the plate, scoring 10 runs, because even when you have injuries in the lineup, look at what the Dodgers can still put out there. Turner, Freeman, Smith, Muncy, Taylor, Turner, Bellinger, Alvarez, and Lux. To me, I'm just looking at a hitter's ballpark today. Two pitchers that aren't quite dominant, and I'm just going to leave it up to these offenses to get it done. It seems high for two good bullpens, but nine and a half should be doable today down in Atlanta. Uh, Freddie Freeman catches the attention.
4: Uh, Two-plus bags is minus 105. Yesterday had a home run, three total RBIs. Over the last two weeks of baseball, he's batting 400. Uh, Freddie Freeman yeah. is on fire right now. He's a 300 hitter on the season, and we know that this is going to be a guy that people are going to look to back. He has three consecutive multi-hit games, four of his last five. FanDuel Sportsbook. Let's step on up here, and let's boost ah. some Freddie – Minus two sixty to plus one hundred. Freddie Freeman to get a base hit. Is that true? Oh, Come tremendous. on, Let, get, yes. let's get us in the tremendous. mix here on Braves Dodgers. I believe we get a visit from the sportsbook Consiglietti mm. in Sharapan after this upside quick break down right here on the Early Line Madness.
0: the slice of skates cutting across the ice but what about this one that's the sound of all the sports you love all at once starting at 40 dollars a month experience it all live with sling sling it's one thing falling in love with a house picturing yourself moving in and calling it home and
2: quite another navigating the world of price negotiating mortgage lenders and finding the budget that works best for you an agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.
1: The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes!
4: We are back right here on the early line on sports, Chris, on this Friday morning. Kevin Walls joined, of course, by Donnie Wrightside. And yesterday, I, I had to make a phone call. Well, actually, I didn't. I didn't make the phone call at first. I, I I just sent a quick text because there's madness going on around the NBA draft, right? So I I sent a text to my guy, the Consig, and I and I talked a little bit about the NBA draft. I said, hey man, if you're up for it, you know, if you want to join the early line, I I know it'll be early. He texts it back right away. I mean, he, I don't know. He must have been up running running laps, doing crunches, whatever, doing whatever the consig does. So even though I slightly feel bad that it's before 6 a.m. on the West Coast, I know he does not mind the sportsbook consigliere. Dave Sharapan joins the early line, old school in-play sports tonight style. Dave, how you feeling?
6: Boys, I feel great, all right? I'm up before the sun out here in Vegas. Peaches and Herb had a song, Reunited, mm. and it feels yeah. so mm. good. This is what it feels like right now. Don, I get to see Donnie. I get to see you, and we get to talk about this craziness that either was the NBA draft or your Yankees win a game again. It's every night the Yankees win. Every day that ends in Y, the Yankees win. Unbelievable.
4: I mean, he's hitting the he's hitting the right headlines there, Donnie. He he really. Where's the stinger? Uh, Yeah. Well, that's good. Wait, do we have that? No, they they don't have that. Nobody has uh, that stinger. Is it? it's in his contract, though. I'm pretty sure yeah. that he has to no, get a, a, full, no. a full stinger if he if he joins in. That's <laughs> that's interesting. There, someone's gonna get a mean phone call later. I'm oh, sure boy. about mm-hmm. it. Uh, but but yeah. Dave, uh, the NBA draft. Uh, I mean, wow. this stuff was wild to follow all day long. While we were doing the NBA draft show, my phone's going off. You sent me a text, all caps. Woj got everybody, which had me cracking up. I mean, you're out there in Vegas. We know all these sports books are, are losing their minds. What was the reaction from Jabari being a big favorite to Paolo moving to the favorite to Woj telling people it's Jabari and the books and gamblers adjusting accordingly and then him being like, actually, my bad, it was Paolo. And in the in-between, people never believed Woj apparently and just kept betting Paolo Bancaro all day long.
6: That's what was going on. That's what was going on. I had heard it, and that's what I was texting you. I said they're manipulating the market. There's something going on. Um, You know, we were talking. What do you mean? Woj said it. Woj carries a lot of weight, but uh, I don't think uh, the expression we use sometimes is just moving freight. (laughs) And the people that were moving freight were betting Paulo. And, I mean, I don't know. I think it could affect the way these things are booked. Going forward, mm. the draft stuff, there's a rule in Vegas. You can't take draft bets the day of the draft. That was an, a perfect example why. And the, the interesting
5: part about that, too, is when you have an over-under and you say to yourself, well, what actually can take place? Because there was a, the fractions out there, Dave, right? Me, the factions, I should say. They were saying, yeah. like, oh, we always see this. I, I've never, and you've been in the room. I've never seen volatility this way, because it's usually one thing, Dave, where you see the beginning of the week, you hear a guy getting steam. Steam, 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 all the way through, and it usually works out. But steam was getting pushed back in both directions, which was absolutely incredible to watch all day long. And also, the doubling down. Yesterday, on the early line, coach was in with us. It was me and Kevin. And that's immediately when the Woj tweet came out. And we said to ourselves, now hold on. Like, Woj is saying... Early morning, here's one, two, three, have a nice day, see you at the draft tonight, but I nailed this already. And throughout the day, we saw the minus 20,000s, the minus 6,000s, and it's starting to coming back. And I, I remember asking Kevin in the afternoon, like, why are people still betting power? Like, we were told by the, the authority – the final score, as we like to say, Dave, in the draft was one, two, three. Why would you just waste your money and bet Paolo or Chet Holmgren here? And it turns out he was wrong, which sets the standard and the stage, Dave, for so many drafts to come here. Can you trust the information coming out and
6: doing your own due diligence? Oh, hell no, right side. Hell no. You, you can't <laughs> trust any of it. That, that, that's done. Man. I mean, like, but in the book, we only trust what people are betting. There's no, you, 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 you listen to nothing. You, you take out all the noise and just move the numbers. So that's why like my first reaction, even when I was texting with Kevin was like, something something's going on, I don't know um, what it is, but the volatility can be explained pretty simply in that there's not a lot of bets on this stuff, volume wise, quantity wise. So it's a market that moves like no other market. You take a bet, mm-hmm. On Paulo at plus 1,600, 16 to 1. It goes right to eight to one if you take a limit bet. Then if you take another limit bet, eight to one goes to two to one and one more limit bet and he becomes minus five hundred. I don't want any more bets. That's you gotta put up a number to just yeah. stop the spigot of limit plays. So it's not like it's a deluge of money, it's or a deluge of bets. It's just big money. Limit plays, move numbers. And that early morning push to Paula, the Woj tweet, people bought in and and bet Jabari. So now you can move the number. And we were on the phone, Kevin and I were literally on the phone. It was off and then it came back up. Jabari was minus 20,000 and Paula was back to seven to one, eight to one, nine to one in different places. And then it came down again. And when it came off, it came back with Paulo minus 2,500. (laughs) And that's when I said it was Paulo. It was always Paulo. Mm. Like, again, and
4: and these two know it very well, but I don't know if there's anything that upsets me more than know-it-alls who have no idea what they're actually talking about. People comparing this to Trayvon Walker is about the most (laughs) nonsensical Uh, thing I've ever heard. It it's would be the- as if when Trayvon Walker went to minus 500, Schefter went, Hey, everybody, it's Aiden Hutchinson at one. And then they made Aiden Hutchinson minus 6,000, and then it closed Trayvon Walker 500. What happened? Because the thing, Dave, is right, and, and this is where I have to imagine the sports books sit here kind of livid, right? When they tweet out, when Woj tweets out, LeBron isn't playing tonight, and they adjust the spread you know, to, oh. you know, Lakers minus four to Lakers plus four. There isn't a tweet five hours later. Hey, everybody, LeBron's in. No, LeBron's out. That's how it goes. So well, for the no, sports books, I have to
6: go ahead. It, it sometimes it, you you watch pregame warmups and LeBron comes out and dribbles the ball and like, now LeBron's <laughs> going to play. That's, that happens, K-Dub. That's what, yeah. what I mean. So in the book, you don't believe anything. And, I mean, when I say nobody knows Squadouche, I mean it. Like, right. I've said it for years on both sides of the counter. You sit in the book and you take the bets. You're absolutely right to compare it to the NFL draft because once that market moves, it's done. Yeah. Once that steam comes on Walker there and in the years past when it comes on the apparent number one pick, it doesn't go back. This one steamed one way then paulo got the steam then it came back after the the woge bomb and then it came back again so this was unique but as far as the volatility of it it's just another day i'm glad it's done between you and i i'm glad it's done now i got to figure out how to adjust the odds did did anything that happened last night adjust the odds as far as teams winning um more games than they lose or making the playoffs. The Pistons, I think, made made a good draft pick. I think the Pistons have a legitimate mm-hmm. shot of being a playoff team in the East. That was my only reaction, K-Dub. Other than that, nothing, I think, changes any odds.
5: Yeah, it looks like, yeah, and also one, I think, goes yeah. back to that. I don't think we do. But, Dave, I want to ask you one quick question on this because I'm always fascinated mm-hmm. in the room and the technology that we have these type of days because we went to bed the night before. It uh, looks like it's going to be all locked up. You know, Bancaro is not going to be in it. Neither is Chet Holmgren. It looks like we have our number one overall pick. And the lightning bolt in the middle of the night where I woke up and Paulo <laughs> Bancaro was all of a sudden the favorite to be the number I mean. I've never seen that before because it was so far-fetched to me where we thought we had, okay, that little steam run by Bancaro early in the week got fought off one, minus 180s, 220s, 340s, back to 400. All right, we have our pick. By the time I wake up tomorrow, Dave, minus 2,000, right, is yeah. going to be the number one overall pick. And then Bancaro, somebody fired away in the middle of the night and changed all those odds, which upset everything. And the best part, as you said, was even though we had that, Woj is like, Mwah. That's not going to happen here. Here's my one, two, three, set it and forget it, bet it, as we like to say, right? And, I like, the fail-safe of the book, are you waking up in the middle of the night? Like, where is that light? Like, oh, 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 the system's going nuts here. We have a complete turnaround of, like, six bucks going in one direction. How does that happen in the book? How do you handle that?
6: I was so glad when I saw it, and I I sent one text to a guy who I thought might be working that early. He wasn't even there yet, and said – Boy, I'm glad I'm not working in a book right now because it comes in it, it, like that's the way they come. They come at you, you know, when you're not looking, when you're not suspecting it, not on your time, on their time. And obviously whoever, whoever was pretty, had a pretty good source and it wasn't Woj. They were betting Paulo in the dark, in the cloak of, of night because they knew. I mean, I convinced. I'm convinced somebody knew. So that's what that's yeah. what drove it. And then Woj was the market corrector, but he wasn't correcting it. He was fixing it so they could get more Apollo and more plus money. It was unbelievable.
4: It really was like if if he came out with a thirty for thirty to me in like twenty five years on this yeah. draft thing, I, I wouldn't be I, I'd watch it. Uh, I, I know I know that much. <laughs> Let's then kind of button it up like this. We're a year away from betting the NBA draft. I know Donnie's got a calendar counting down the days. It's his favorite betting yes. you know day of the it absolute is. year. Yes. Uh, but Dave, you were kind of saying, this might change things, you know, moving forward. How so? quicker to move things down, lower limits, you know, take away kind of how long people are allowed to bet the market for. How do you think this changes betting the NBA draft
6: moving forward? Oh, all of the above. I, I I think books will consider, I was saying it for years, not everything is meant to be bet on. There's no need to take bets on this stuff, as far as I'm concerned. I think it's not enough money to worry about losing sleep over to have the aggravation that it doesn't matter who's drafted. We're gonna lose with Paulo. We're losing a little bit less if it's Jabari. And great, we win a pile if it's Chet. Everybody knew it wasn't gonna be Chet, first and foremost. Right. So so your positions stink. And I don't, I, it's just the games still trump everything. And you may mm-hmm. not have to book games, like, or you may not have to book drafts because they're not games. I don't know. I I think a lot of people are going to have to have those discussions uh, to see if it's worth it. Dave, we take a look
5: at, like, handicappers, right? We always like to be right, like, all over. And I'll keep this point quick here. But Woj, getting that wrong and then being on that big stage for four hours, every time the mic hit him, like, oh, man, I got to talk about this again. And, hey, Woj, what's your take on this? When everybody in the background (laughs) is going like, "Eh, we don't care what his take is. It's probably wrong at this point. For a guy that's been right so many times being wrong and then have to sit there for four hours, I enjoyed that. Uh, I, I think a lot of people might
6: have. That's he, what I'm he saying. He
5: tweeted out, he tweeted out, as
4: I reported, Paolo Van Caro in the mix for yeah. number one. If that wasn't <laughs> the most Donnie guy. right side move ever, Donnie right side during the NBA God. Finals and said, I like the Warriors, the winner of game one, the winner of game <laughs> three, uh-huh. the winner of game five, the yep. Celtics and the Warriors. I, I mean, I got ripped it. off seven picks in a six-game
5: yes. <laughs> Just, dave, cost. he
1: was
4: our bet at minus prices like all i mean i can't even deal with this guy anymore dave you're the best listen up as donnie wright's side closes out
2: not so fast on a friday morning it's one thing falling in love with a house picturing yourself moving in and calling it home and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating mortgage lenders and finding the budget that works best for you an agent who's a realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association
1: of Realtors. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes!